Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. Todd, I'm hearing music. That must mean it's another episode of your daily scrum. And we're back. For we're back. Day. Yeah, it was kind of a nice long weekend there. Mm -hmm. uh, the magic of the internet. Uh, I had imagined most people realize we batch record sometimes, but we just had a nice little break and now we're back. With your questions, and Todd, we have a doozy of one today, one we get in almost every single class. How does a Scrum team handle interrupt work? So first, maybe we should define interrupt work. Yeah, that's I, I really is it, I would say interrupt and unplanned work are the same thing. Yeah, that I think fair? that's a good. Yep. So anything that that comes into the sprint that wasn't planned, it could be support stuff. It could be new feature stuff. Just anything that interrupts what we originally thought we were going to do uh, during the sprint. Sound good? Yeah, I think, yeah, sounds good. So I, what do we, we're, so thinking this through, right? Um, I think this just triggers a conversation uh, between developers and the product owner. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, I think uh, first step must be a conversation between the, the developers and the PO. The second this work, first of all, the work should be coming from the product owner. Yeah. Let's make yeah. sure that no one is sneaking in through the side door offering, mm -hmm. if I, Todd, if I, I, I can't tell you how many lunches were bought for me by VPs back when I was a developer. If I would just do this one thing real mm -hmm. quick. Yeah. Right. All the time. All the time. And so, yeah, let's make sure that all of the work is coming from the product backlog from the product owner. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's get that out of the way. Maybe that's a different video for another day, but uh, there's gotta be a conversation about the trade-offs we're going to make now that we've decided that now that the product owner has decided that this interrupt work will be done. Yeah, I, I think what holds, I mean, we talk about Sprinkle in so many of our videos, right? This is, that, that that's the center of the conversation then. Uh, yep. is, can we handle this interrupt work? And is the Sprint goal still in, intact if we, if we do take it on, right? And you know, a lot of the times there's just common sense. We don't have a choice stuff that happens, right? Could be an instant, Regulate regulatory thing that where someone's going to jail if we don't do it or productions Perfect. down, right? You know, you don't say productions down. We'll we'll fix it in the next sprint. It's that's just not 
realistic okay. to oh, say. Oh well. Yeah. Whoops. Sorry, customers. Production's down. So I think that I think it, it it's really so. Can we do we is the sprint goal still intact? Otherwise, what's what's the options? If if the answer is no, what do we do? Um, product yeah. owner, you know, speaking as a developer to a product owner, right? Yeah, and I think a lot of the times this interrupt work is mistaken for important stuff we need to do right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're if you're doing sprints, you're just a you're just a handful of days away from a new sprint planning event, right? So is this really worth disrupting all of the work that we have in flight? Is it really worth that? So product owners consider that carefully. The follow-up question we usually get here is, well, what happens if this is a regular thing? We know we're going to get a ton of support stuff because we're supporting. It's like we're building the airplane while it's in the air kind of situation, Mm -hmm. right? We know that we have to keep the engines going while we still try to build out uh, the lavatory or whatever it is we're working on, right? That's a terrible one to pick. But... uh, (laughs) But they know it's going to be a problem. And so the answer is, look, as a scrum master, you need to work with your developers, work with your product owner, help facilitate uh, a way for them to see what the common, what the data shows as being the, the, the regular interrupt work, like how much of our capacity it takes and hold that back during sprint planning. Make it visible, right? Yeah. And, you know, this, this makes me think of our good buddy, Vacanti, Daniel Vacanti, and he yeah. says there's nothing that kills flow to a customer better than an expedite lane. Right. Right. Interrupt work slows down your flow of value to your customer. It detracts from focus. Bad things happen. So um, unless it really has to be done, I think our overall advice would be to, to, to question it. Right. And, okay. you know, as uh, Jeff Watts says, too, in his book uh, about product ownership, to be ruthless. I think we've mentioned that a few times in this before. As a product owner, be ruthless. Say no. We believe in the word know a lot for product owners. So. Yeah. And if you're seeing patterns in the interrupt work, perhaps invest in in squashing that once and for all. Mm-hmm. If it's the same kind of bugs in the same area of the code base mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and over again, perhaps take a sprint, throw a few features in that would actually correct this once and for all, make mm-hmm. the investment, get your capacity back, bring sanity back to your sprint. But I, yeah, be ruthless. Is this really necessary? Do we have to do this? And if it is, figure out the trade-offs. Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. Todd, I think we're good with this one. I, I think, think so we're going to we're gonna shift over to the end panel. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, check out the socials. It's all at Agile for Humans, upper left-hand side. Click that like and subscribe button. We have a lot of content releasing lately. We don't want you to miss a single bit. And check out the videos below. The algorithm has curated videos that might be helpful for you. Um, But that's going to be it for today. We hope you go forward, do good things, ship and deliver, make your customers happy. We'll be back tomorrow to see how you did. We're checking in. And uh, yeah, we'll see you then. See you. Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into Scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and scrum on.